Welcome to the Hackberry House of Tosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from the words of Henry M. Morris, a Christian man who was a scientist and who believed the Word of God explicitly, and he wanted you to believe it too, and wrote this book in 1951. <clears throat> We've been going through it a little at a time. We're talking about the flood now, and the uh, yesterday we were talking about the uh, hard-to-explain exceptions to the stratigraphic order, you know, the um, different layers of earth. There's a layer here that means one thing, and then the next layer, and the next layer. Well, they've interpreted everything by those layers, and uh, Mr. Morris says there's some exceptions to this thing that uh, we need to look at. In the first place, the total depth of all fossiliferous strata, strata where there's fossils, is supposed to be about a hundred miles. However, the greatest depth ever actually observed is about two or three miles. In any one exposure, two or three systems or even fewer are all that are usually represented. At no place in the world, as far as ever observed, <clears throat> is the complete or even partially complete geological column exposed or even known to exist. It's been built up entirely by superposition of deposits from all over the world. Furthermore, many different formations, widely separated in geologic time, have been found resting directly upon the primitive rocks. Many cases have been observed here in America of the very youngest quaternary rocks resting directly upon the primary, with all the intervening ages omitted. The same thing can probably be said for every rock system of importance. In fact, Frequently, the oldest rocks, that is the non-fossil bearing, may be on the surface and have the physical appearance of young rocks, soft and unconsolidated. <clears throat> young rocks, on the other hand, may well be as crystalline and metamorphic as the very oldest and frequently are. It's also generally accepted in geology that any fossiliferous formation may lie directly upon any other formation in the whole of the series below it, and that it is not at all to be expected that a given formation need lie directly upon the formation that immediately precedes it in geologic age. When intervening formations are missing, it is assumed that the missing periods can be accounted for as uh, periods of erosion rather than deposition. However, often such missing periods are not at all obvious physically and are only inferred from fossil evidence. They're called disconformities or diastems when the beds on both sides seem to have been normally deposited without intervening deformation. <clears throat> Quite often the two sets of beds excuse me, <clears throat> are parallel and give every indication of having been deposited successively without any great period of time or erosion in between. The disconformities are, in such cases, discernible only on the basis <clears throat> of the contained fossils. If it were not for the preconceived opinions as to the evolutionary sequence of the fossils, 
There would be no reason for saying that such beds could not have been deposited with no great lapse of time in between. This sort of thing is not an isolated phenomenon, but one of which many examples could be cited. Even more surprisingly, many examples are now known to geologists of strata occurring in the wrong order, and furthermore, in perfect conformity. That is, great areas containing, quote, old fossils are found to rest perfectly naturally upon rocks containing, quote, young fossils. Sometimes such inversions have obviously been produced by normal faulting and folding, of which the rocks of the Earth's crust give much evidence. Often, however, there is no physical indication at all that the beds came to be in their existing positions by any other means than normal deposition. This cannot be allowed, however, because it would immediately prove that the young fossils are older than the old fossils, at least in time of deposition, and this would obviously necessitate sacrificing the notion of organic evolution. <clears throat> well, to avoid such action, we have the remarkable theory of the horizontal thrust fault, according to which great masses of rock were severed from their original formations and somehow lifted up and shoved over on top of the adjacent areas, following which surface erosion through the immediate subsequent ages removed the upper deposits, finally leaving only the older rocks lying on the younger ones beneath. Oh my! If such things as this have ever happened upon the planet, well, they must have been caused by forces of far greater intensity than anything ever observed by humankind in the present age. There is most certainly no experimental or observational basis for such an explanation, a fact which is most inconsistent with the rather vaunted geologic dogma of uniformity. In fact, no less an authority than William Bowie, the longtime director of the U.S. Coast and uh, Geodetic Survey, and one of the world's greatest authorities on isostasy and tectonics, uh, considered such horizontal faulting absurd from an, an engineering point of view. Nevertheless, scores of examples of this phenomenon exist. Every large mountain range in the world that has been adequately examined and mountainous regions are those that have been most thoroughly examined geologically, has been found to contain large areas of these upside-down strata, <laughs> a vast area in Montana and Alberta, including all of the Glacier National Park, has fossils of the Paleozoic era or earlier overlying dinosaur bones and other fossils of the Cretaceous. <clears throat> this region is the divide between not only the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, but also between Hudson Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. Thus, the highest region of North America consists of a stratum of Precambrian limestone resting perfectly naturally on a Cretaceous bed. In Tennessee and Georgia, a great fault uh, continuing for hundreds of miles consists of Cambrian deposits resting quite normally, on Carboniferous. 
the great Bannock overthrust of Utah and the Hart Mountain thrust of Wyoming, along with many other examples in the Rockies, offer more illustrations of huge areas of rocks, thousands of feet thick, that must have been shoved up and over the adjacent areas without leaving any evidence at the so-called fault line or elsewhere of their incredible journeys. Much of the Swiss Alpine region is in this upside-down condition. The same is true of the Scottish highlands and the mountains of India. One of these displacements in northern China has been followed for more than 500 miles. A similar area of some 85,000 square miles is known in Scandinavia. Every part of the world yields other examples. However, even if the geologic timescale is assumed to be substantially correct, as far as the relative positions of the various strata are concerned, the flood theory can account for their deposition thus equally as satisfactorily as the theory of great ages, probably more so. The pre-deluge world, pre-flood, like the present world, was undoubtedly one in which lived a great variety of different kinds of creatures. Then, as now, they did not all live together or in the same type of environment, but each particular kind would live in the environment for which he was fitted. Therefore, a great catastrophe of the kind described in the Bible would not be expected to pile all types of creatures together heterogeneously throughout the world. Rather, it would necessarily destroy together the particular assemblages of creatures living in the same environment. The currents would transport such assemblages together and finally bury them together. This, of course, would not be expected to be an inviolable rule, but would generally hold true. Thus, two or more strata might be deposited quite simultaneously, but contain completely different groups of future fossils because of their different sources or directions of transport and final deposition localities. On the other hand, evolutionary geology teaches, by implication at least, that only one assemblage of organisms was living at any one time in the history of the world, and that therefore these organisms can be used to identify any rock strata formed during that age. There can be no basis for this assumption other than evolutionary presuppositions, because such is certainly not the case in the modern world, which is supposed to be the key to the past. The biblical deluge was both terrestrial and atmospheric in nature. Tremendous volumes of water poured from the heavens for forty days and nights. At the same time, the fountains of the great deep were broken up, most likely implying great subterranean and subaqueous disturbances, which would have created great tidal waves and ejected great amounts of juvenile water. The great complex of hydrodynamic currents and forces thus generated would then undertake its divinely ordained mission of destruction and purification of the antediluvian world. Such a flood would necessarily tend to affect first and bury lowest the creatures inhabiting the deep ocean, then those in shallower waters, 
Then the waters and disturbed sediments would overtake the amphibious and land-bordering creatures. Above these would be buried swamp, marsh, and low river-flat creatures, including especially reptiles. Higher mammals would usually be able to retreat from the rising waters to some extent, but also would be eventually drowned and perhaps buried in the sediments. And finally, man, the chief object of the waters, would be overtaken and carried under. There were also probably many inland seas and waterways at various elevations. Burial of the creatures in these inland basins would account for the present existence of marine strata in some of the higher beds. Thus the flood would in general have tended to form such strata, and in just the order as the geologic age scale purports to represent. These strata would perhaps in many instances be reworked and redeposited in the later periods of the retreating floodwaters, and perhaps also in the succeeding centuries. Also, in their semi-plastic state during and, and soon after the flood, they would have been subject to much distortion of all kinds, caused by great forces generated by the hydrostatic and hydrodynamic pressures of the deluge waters, and by the redisposition of the pre-diluvian topography. This might partially account for the existence of the great faults and folds in the sedimentary rocks of the crust. Another factor tending to cause the deposition of the strata in the order in which they are found would be the sorting action of moving waters, which would tend to separate particles, whether organic or inorganic, into assemblages of similar sizes and shapes. Also, the rapidity of settling and deposition of particular fossils would be at least partially controlled by their specific gravity. The usually more dense marine organisms would therefore tend to settle first, then amphibia, mammals, etc. This, of course, is, is but the barest outline of the probable geologic activity of the flood. Further geologic work would be accomplished on the surface as the lands were uplifted in places and the waters retreated. Abnormal geologic and Meteorologic conditions perhaps prevailed for centuries before the present condition of approximate equilibrium in the Earth's crust and atmosphere was attained. And so the flood seems to offer an acceptable framework to explain all the data that these poor evolutionists have at least gathered for us. They just haven't interpreted it properly. We'll continue with flood geology next time. Do look around the site in between times if you have time. Hundreds of audios here, over 3,000 in fact. Persecution stories from North Korea, Bible teachings, um, the great preachers of, of the history. Um, we can You can go over to Pasturelands at the YouTube site that I have. Or you can buy one of my books at Amazon.com and send me an email at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I'll send you some information about our Zoom groups too. Well, thank you so much for being here today again. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun and this audio is being released for the first time anyway on August the 5th, 
2022. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.